son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 5th. 2010, and a brief rundown of our table of contents for today. We're going to talk some about the new Harry, Harry Potter movie that's come out. Now, I've done a whole teaching on Harry Potter, Harry Potter from before. We'll kind of be going over a little bit on that as well and uh, giving you some more information there. Then we're going to be doing a whole look at uh, the Muslims and how it's creeping in. The Muslim, the Muslim religion is creeping in to some supposed Christian churches. And this new movement is called Chrislam. I'm not making this up. It's a combining of Christianity and Islam. And as egregious as the things there are that are surrounding Islam that we've reported on and uh, documented in previous teachings, this is truly unbelievable information. Then we're going to be looking at a brief video on clear proof that uh, Obama is a Muslim. And then actually looking at, after this this look at Chrislam, because one of the ways they're uniting Islam and Christianity is, uh, of course, it's not real Christianity. It's, it's pseudo-pagan, whatever, at it, its best. But we're going to be looking at an in-depth look on Allah is actually the pagan moon god. We're actually going to be giving you the proof. I know I've said that a lot, but this is going to be an actual look at the facts regarding that, proving totally that he is the pagan moon god. And then a new video where the Muslims are encouraging um, uh, Alak, Alaki, the guy, the, the one of the head Muslims in Yemen, is telling them, uh, telling his followers to kill Americans without hesitation. And um, just more information on that, and then we're going to get into a little bit of these GM genetically modified mosquitoes that were released in the Cayman Islands and these Franken-mosquitoes that they're releasing, and that type of impact that they may have. And again, it's just tinkering with the DNA of different species of insects, plants, animals, trying to play God, trying to defile God's, um, God's world, essentially. And uh, then we're going to be looking at the pharmaceutical researchers working on drugs to actually erase your memories. They've got drugs now that will actually can erase your memories totally. And then and look at a Russian activist who disappeared recently after exposing vaccination plans for Russia, Ukraine, and Belarus. And uh, looking at the brief look at my DVD I did on avian flu killer of millions that kind of relates to the last subject we just talked. Then we're going to be going over several listener comments and uh, <clears throat> a article entitled Atheist Ministers, Atheist Christian Ministers, Struggling with Leading the Faithful. These are about Guys in the pulpit now, preachers in Christian, supposed Christian churches that are actually atheists. But they've got to still lead the faithful. And we're going to be looking at them. And then a brief clip from a cartoon uh, called Fire Breather that's coming on Cartoon TV soon in a uh, 30-second spot on that where it's openly admitted the main character, the boy in the main character's mom's human. His, his dad is a 63,000-pound dragon. Literally. Yeah. And he's a combination. He's a, he's an Nephilim. He's a hybrid. And this is just absolute total brainwashing propaganda. And then a video um, regarding the uh, 
Catholics, the Nazis, and the NIV Bible. It's a very interesting little video. And at the end, I'm going to really be posting the information, and you'll be able to get this on the PDF associated with the teaching for 12.5.10 up on contendingfortruth.com. Uh, I had a listener email me a whole uh, group of videos up on YouTube about dehydrating foods, which might be something you want to think about doing. It's one of the more economical ways you can you can store foods. You can dehydrate them yourself, and because of the coming hyperinflation, it would probably be very wise to do such a thing if you know the Lord convicts you to do so. So let's go ahead and get started here. And uh, first article has is has Harry Potter got a Messiah complex? Now, as the Harry Potter shows continue to come out in the books. We're going to see, and, and we, we, what we expect to see, is higher level witchcraft, more blasphemy, more rank, just in your face, uh, satanic garbage, propaganda, the whole nine yards. Okay, this is what we would expect to see. And uh, actually, Harry Potter is some high-level witchcraft. I mean, there are some witches that have critiqued those books that I've read, and there's things in those books that even witches won't do. But yet they're trying to indoctrinate children. Now these children that started out reading the Harry Potter books, now they may be into their teens or even adults at this point. So what are we doing? We're indoctrinating a whole generation into witchcraft. And just Harry Potter is just one means whereby which that's happening. You have all the things in Hollywood that are doing, and you have all the various and sundry books. You have the Twilight series that we've done teachings on. You have various different sitcoms and movies, and the the public uh, education system of America as well. And so there's a multitude of different ways people are being indoctrinated into witchcraft, and I've done a whole series of teachings on that, um, entitled Witchcraft, the Coming One World Religion, because the essence of the coming one world religion is going to be witchcraft. Witchcraft is the very way whereby the Antichrist and the false prophet will deceive the whole world. The Bible says that it will deceive them. They will deceive the whole world through miracles, lying signs, and wonders. Well, what is the source of the miracles and the lying signs and the wonders? It's going to be a level of witchcraft that the world has never even known. The, the Antichrist himself is going to be the highest level black witchcraft practitioner that the, that the world's ever seen, most likely. So, again, this is what we should be expecting. This article starts out by saying, Harry is explicitly referred to as the, quote, chosen one in the Deathly Hollows, says Sarah Crompton. Amidst all the excitement about seeing Harry Potter in the Deathly Hollows, part one, is how the mythology of the movies is setting him up as the latter-day Redeemer. So, now he's usurping the position of Jesus Christ in these stories. He is the chosen one. He is the latter-day Redeemer. In the course of David Yates' 140-minute epic uh, movie, Harry is explicitly referred to as the Chosen One. We see him walk into the wilderness where he is plagued with doubt. No one else is, no is going to die for me, he says. Now, all these allusions to, like, I believe when Jesus went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights and was tempted of the devil and... and St. Harry walks into the wilderness, he's plagued with doubt, no one else is going to die for me. In other words, that's an allusion to Jesus Christ going to the cross in, in, I believe, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane where he said, if it be possible, Father, take this cup from me, 
nevertheless not my will but thine be done. There's all these, you know, subtle, not so subtle uh, references back to the Bible. And then he discovers that he's seeking for the resurrection stone. Okay? Oh, imagine that. And then Jesus was, you know, death, burial, and resurrection, you know, resurrected three days. and So he's seeking the resurrection stone, which gives the power, the bearer power over death. Well, that's what Jesus did when, when, he, when he rose again from the dead. He overcame death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? You know, so, oh, grave, where is thy victory? So, again, there's more blasphemous references, you know, to the Bible, really. So, this resurrection stone gives him power over death, which even Satan doesn't have, if you think about it. There's no, Satan doesn't have power over death. He, he can only abide in death. He can only offer death. It's the only thing he can do. So, if he can find the deathly hollows, this Harry Potter, the deathly hollows, he will ultimately be able to banish death entirely. So, he's got to go to this deathly hollows to banish death. Total lies from the pit of hell. And portraying him as this latter-day redeemer. I mean, you talk about rank blasphemy. And don't think that, you know, people that are going to these movies are just coming out unaffected. I guarantee you, when you go, and you, particularly if you embrace something like this, it's like adopted demon. You know, you're going there, and you're not coming out the same. Just like we told you about those horror movies, where we had read that account of one listener, and she said that when she left the one movie, the Paranormal Experience, the first one that came out, and that had got Paranormal 2 or whatever, she said something followed us home. And it, and it plagued me for months until, you know, prayer and fasting, and she finally got released from it. But this stuff can follow you home, and literally, these are people that would, would be literally inviting whatever devils, whatever demons emanate and operate through these types of mediums, whether it be the movies or music or whatever, into their body to inhabit their body and to possess them. And it is that big of a deal. The biblical illusions don't end there. Champagne glasses are refilled by magic, just like the wedding at Canai, uh, like in the Bible where the first miracle Jesus did, okay? We're turning the water into wine, okay? And then Ron, whoever that is, is assailed by temptation in the form of a vision of Harry and Hermione locked in a naked embrace, looking rather like Adam and Eve. And then a serpent of Voldemort's, is Voldemort's chosen symbol and predator. So it's just pure blasphemy from the pit of hell, the whole show, pure witchcraft, and, uh, but it's a great indoctrination tool for Satan. He's very, very happy, I'm sure, with, the, with what J.K. Rowling has been able to accomplish for her master, Satan. I mean, I know I'm sugarcoating it, and I'm sorry about that. But anyway, um, I am sure such references are not entirely accidental. <laughs> you better believe they're not accidental. J.K. Rowling knows exactly what she's doing, because she is of her father the devil, and of his lust she will do. She is literally being demonically guided to write these books or, or screenplays or whatever. It is, after all, part of the occult power of J.K. Rowling's novels and films based upon them that a boy such as Harry comes to represent the power of good against all that is evil in the world. Ah, the classic white witchcraft versus black witchcraft lie from the pit of hell. I wrote that in there myself. So this is what you have. It's black against white witchcraft. All these shows about witchcraft, you always have black against white. 
you know, and and it's always that 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 ever you know present struggle between using good witchcraft and those that have crossed over to the dark side. It's just like Star Wars, use the Force, Luke. Use the Force. You know, it's the white witchcraft against the black. It's all. It'll all take you straight to hell. Satan can care less, and he knows if he can get you into the white. Eventually, you're going to realize the white's not as strong as the black. So you're going to put your put that big toe into the gray, and then you're going to put your foot into the gray, and then you're going to be in the black before you know it. And then you're going to really realize that Satan is a cruel taskmaster because once you get into the black, you really realize how much he's going to require of you. And then if you don't do his bidding, then he'll dog you day and night with the demons that he's put in you. I'm, I'm telling you this because I've read too many accounts of people involved in black. And when they don't want to do what Satan tells them to do at that point, because they're in so deep, they're literally demons that inhabit them that can, that can trigger things in their brain, pain centers, that are like unlike anything you've ever experienced. So they, they, are, they, they can be put into unbelievable agony if they don't do exactly as these demons or devils are telling them to do. This is the ultimate, in, now going back to the account of this, this is the ultimate empowerment myth. It sure is a myth. A story that makes the youngsters who love, love it feel they have the ability, and I put in through witchcraft, to change things in a life that may often seem dark and out of control. That's the way it should have been written. But it is an empowerment myth. It's a total empowerment myth. It's, it, I mean, the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that has the true power. We're just told this lie and, and, and portrayed in all of these shows, like whatever, paranormal shows and, and uh, horror shows and these things, that Satan is the one that has the power. Satan is the one that has, you know, if that were the case, if he really did, don't you think he would have killed us all a long time ago? I mean, his main goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, if he really had the power, like they portray themselves to have the power, why is it, why haven't they wiped us all out? Why haven't they wiped out the remnant off the face of the planet? Because we're actually the one that really has the power. We just got to believe that. And what is that? That's faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And again, you know, putting on the full armor of God and standing against the wiles of the devil and the weapons of a warfare are not carnal but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. You could go on and on and on with Bible verses. We're the ones that actually have the real power. We just have to believe we can execute and utilize that power and have the faith to believe that we do. But see, Hollywood and every other faction of media and books and TV and all these are telling us the exact opposite. They're telling us Christians are idiots. We have no power. We're hopeless. We're useless. And it's the reality is the exact polar opposite. So, again, let me read this last sentence. This is the ultimate empowerment myth, a story that makes youngsters who love it feel they have the ability. And again, I put through witchcraft because that's, that's how they have the ability in Harry Potter, isn't it? It's, there's no other way they're using. They have the ability through witchcraft to change things in a life that may often seem dark and out of control. Yeah, but the problem is, is you reap what you sow, and what comes around goes around. And every time you put a spell on somebody, or do something to somebody, Satan will enact his price. And I don't know what that price may be. But just from a standpoint of you reap what you sow, even if you say you do something good, like I put a love curse on them, 
Okay, well, we'll see what comes back on you, and it will come back on you. And whether you want to call it what comes around goes around or whatever, it, it's it's a valid point. You reap what you sow. So um, the price that Satan will enact, uh, exact from you is not something that you want to pay, though. Some evangelical Christians have always been anxious about the way in which Harry Potter series seems to glorify witchcraft and wizardry. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little anxious about it personally, um, you know. And then it says, others have argued that in fact the novels like C.S. Lewis' Narnia series uh, is, is just a Christian allegory. In other words, that actually Harry Potter is just a Christian allegory. Now, that, there's been people that have, in, there's, there's supposed Christian groups out there that endorse this because they say it's a Christian allegory, just like C.S. Lewis' Narnia. And I, I mean, I've totally... I've done, I give you the links to two teachings I've done on C.S. Lewis, and I've done a total of five or six. But C.S. Lewis, in his own words, I give you the links right here, you can click on them, they're MP3 things. I mean, I'm not, it's not my opinion. What did he say? The man was a total occultist, a total devil. Most likely he was a member of the Order of the Golden Dawn, probably a closet member, but all his buddies were members of that. Do you realize that Aleister Crowley was a member of the Order of the Golden Dawn before he really went off? In, into the hard, hard, hardcore stuff? And C.S. Lewis had many friends that were members of that? Do you realize that? I mean, talk about um, not, you're not supposed to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. C.S. Lewis was a real Christian. Why was he associating with mega, mega high-level esoteric occultists? Oh, I don't know. I guess he just didn't know. He was the devil, I'm telling you. Listen to my teachings. It's, it's, it's straight from his writings. I'm not making this stuff up. So, you know, to, to me, C.S. Lewis is almost more offensive because Harry Potter is, at least it's not being portrayed as a Christian allegory. Although there may be some Christians that try to, in order to justify showing it to their Sunday school or church group or whatever, you know, they may try to do that. I don't know. It's, but it's, it's evil. It's witchcraft. Now, I did a teaching called Harry Potter Exposed, and I'll just read you the, the um, and i give you the link to it if you want to listen to it. And it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit dated because it was, you know, a few years ago, but in the teaching overview for this, just so you have this, tragically many children and teens today are obsessed with Harry Potter and are actively seeking Harry's power. What exactly is Harry's power? Where does it come from? In this teaching, we'll be taking a closer look at the effects of Harry Potter has had on this generation. Genera- uh, Daniel 8.25, the first part, speaking of the Antichrist, says, And through his policy, through the Antichrist policy, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. This, I believe, is in reference to witchcraft. It's not in reference to arts and crafts, that's for sure. Okay, He's going to be a speaker and an understander of dark sentences. He's going to deceive the, the whole world through his miracles and lying signs and wonders. All of this points to the fact that he's going to be a high-level adept at witchcraft. Okay? And that word, the craft, is a very common word that witches and warlocks and everybody involved in the occult use to describe witchcraft. It's called the craft. There's whole books that are named the craft. There was a movie named The Craft. Okay? Uh, And again, that whole movie about the craft was about like four girls and they were into witchcraft and they were pretty much into the dark stuff. But then at the end... 
the one girl really got into dark, and the other girl used her white witchcraft to battle the one into the dark, and ultimately overcame her. And they all lived happily ever after. Sorry. Anyway. Anyway, uh, so, well, what is exactly is going on in the world's being set up to embrace? Well, it's witchcraft. We will also be going over an article published by Christianity Today magazine entitled, Why We Like Harry Potter. Christianity Today. But Christianity Today is not only the mainstream media source used to endorse Harry Potter. Among others are James Dobson, focus on the family, Chuck Colson, Wheaton College, etc. Now, I don't know if James Dobson's still doing that. Okay, but at the time he did. Okay, the seduction is virtually complete. Most, if not all, of Christianity's top leaders have now gone over to the dark side, literally. Many today openly endorse and embrace witchcraft, magic, and other devilish arts and devices. It's only gotten worse since then. I mean, we have the whole emerging Christianity movement, which we've reported on. LighthouseTrailsResearch.com LighthouseTrailsResearch.com probably does the best job of reporting on that subject, how it's infiltrating into the Christian churches and things of this nature. Uh, Most others are marked by their silence, are now acquiescing and joining in this ghoulish Latter-day conspiracy. Taken from the book, We Love Harry Potter, and we'll tell you why, here are a few kids' ideas. Um, Catherine says... I'd like to go to the wizard school, learn magic, and put spells on people. I'd like, I'd make an ugly spell, and then it's payback time. End of quote. And then Carolyn, uh, age 10, says, I feel like I'm inside Harry's world. I went to wizard school. I'd study everything, spells, counterspells, and the defense against the dark arts. See, it's white versus black witchcraft. These are little kids, 9 and 10 years old. And let me tell you something. When they pick up these books, they can't put them down. Why? Because you're bringing a cursed object into your house. No different if you buy the DVD and bring it in as well. But the books, they can't put them down. They're addicted to them. I mean, they'll get violent if you try to take these books away from what I've heard. And then the parents pick them up, and they're the same way. They get into them. It's pure demonic fantasy. And you're, and you're literally becoming more demon-possessed the more you read them. And then Julie, age 13, says, I liked it when the bad guys killed the unicorn and Voldemort drank its blood. Yeah, that's nice. Real Hallmark moment there. Um, but, yeah, that's what they're saying. Drank its blood, which is absolutely, totally forbidden in the Bible. Now, let's go to the next article. And um, it's entitled, Will Chrislam Visit Your Church? Political correctness is causing us to cave in once again. Robert Spencer, Islamic expert, writes that the whole TSA examination fiasco, um, what might be missing is that the Council of American Islamic Relations, or CARE, is demanding that Muslim women must only have a pat-down on the head and neck. The full body scans violate Islamic law. Oh boy. What would Allah say? They violate common sense for all those who are being subjected to the pat-downs. But the only ones getting any attention are, of course, the Muslims. Because they're the only ones that really have any rights. You know, They denounce something, and all of our political leaders have to react often as in their favor. Um, Spencer says, there are plenty of reasons to oppose naked body scanners. Now, remember, this is about Chrislam, but we're going to get to that, okay? 
There are plenty of reasons to oppose naked body scanners and the recent groping incidents, but this response to Muslims from Hamas-linked CARE exposes its Islamic supremacist agenda like nothing else does. The scanners and the whole TSA security apparatus exist supposedly in the first place under the pretext of Islamic Jihad terrorists, and now CARE is demanding an exemption? from such scanning from, for the very group from which comes the subgroup that made it necessary? I mean, supposedly, the Muslim terrorists are the reason we have the scanners, right? And yet, the women are saying, no, 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 this violates our Islamic law. Well, what is the reason they wear all that headgear get-up anyway? Well, they believe that if there's one hair shown in their head, the strictest sex, that it is like a dagger in Allah's eye. And that way they, they've got to be totally fully covered. That's what they believe. That's why they do it, just so you know. Um, and that's straight from their religion. So they're demanding an exemption. Now, you talk about being able to s- smuggle a bomb on something. If you, were, if you were in a full Islamic garb and you're only getting patted down, I mean, my word, you could have whatever you want to underneath there. As long as, it, I guess, the metal detector didn't pick it up. In CARE's world, the one group that would be subjected to lighter airport security checks than any other group would be the Muslims. And that would, in turn, make things easier than ever for for jihad terrorists. Surely that can't be CARE's objective now, can it? Moving on to the mandatory health insurance under Obamacare, there has been confusion as to whether this applies to Muslims or not. At least three sources say Muslims are exempted from Obamacare. Snopes says that Muslims, Scientologists, Amish, Christian scientists, and American Indians are exempt. The American Thinker says the same, as well as Fox Nation. And there's links to each one of those that says the Muslims are going to be exempt from Obamacare. Now, let's go ahead and watch a video, or listen to a video, on called Proof Obama is a Muslim. Because it very much relates to this particular section of this exact thing that we're reporting on. Then we're going to go further into the whole Chrislam thing. It ties in nicely. Okay, so we're going to roll this video, Proof Obama is a Muslim. And um, this is incredibly telling, this video. Uh, it's it's uh, pretty... I think it really... There shouldn't be any doubt in your mind after you've listened to this. And you can also view it. I will give you the link if you want to go watch it as well. The first you hear from that real uh, propaganda-laden uh, talk show host guy. And he's going he's gonna to try to convince you that Obama's not a Muslim. And then we're going to see the, the information contrary to that. If you think Obama is a Muslim... That's not an opinion. You're just stubbornly uninformed. So let me spell a few things out for you. Is Obama a Muslim? No, he isn't. I believe Barack Obama's a citizen of the United States, folks. Don't you? But I do have a couple of little questions. Like you. Why not just provide a copy of the birth certificate? My opinion is, I think the United States of America should be run by somebody from the United States of America. Uh, but, but he's from the U.S. Right. He's born here, he's been raised here. But it's Muslim. Do we have a, could we just put up a copy of that uh, uh, certific, uh, certificate of live birth? 
Uh, what you're looking at there, which I believe is the copy that comes from FactCheck.org or Annenberg, uh, there's no reference there to the attending physician. There's no reference there to the hospital in which he was born. It is a certificate that uh, refers to the fact that another certificate exists. Is it an official state document? I'm sorry? Is it an official state document of the state of Hawaii? Let me try this again so I can be really clear about it. It is a document that says there's another document. It does not include that you're referring to your father's birth certificate. A copy of his birth certificate would have the doctor, the hospital that he was born in, correct? And this is the, and by the way, this is just what people are concerned about. Now, whose people? First of all, you got 13% well, of Americans. 600,000 people have signed the petition. 600,000. 13% of Americans, 39 million, still think he's Muslim. And we have done everything, Lou, to debunk that as an absolute lie. So is he... He's done nothing. Nothing. They still never produced a, a certificate of live... Of live, they've never produced a proper birth certificate. They've got places in Kenya where he was born, marking where he was born, celebrating the day he was born. I mean, there's so much proof to the contrary on that. We've done a lot of different teaching. I did, a, in fact, I've done a whole teaching on that from times past that you can reference up on ContendingForTruth.com under the download section. Uh, I believe I've done a four or five part teaching on that particular subject alone. So that was never proven as well. I just kind of got away from that subject because I realized at some point it, re- it was a moot point. It, it, it wasn't going to matter because it doesn't matter how much facts you put in front of somebody. The court systems are so corrupt in America and they're bought known and paid for by Washington. So what's the point? Other than praying about it, I just said, well, listen – you know, yes, no, he's not a citizen. He never was. He's totally disqualified from being president. He's he's really he's more of an illegal alien than anything else, based on the information that I'm seeing. He has no right to even be here in America, is what it really boils down to. But, you know, other than that, it's all good. It's all good. So let's go ahead and continue. Relevant. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to make it irrelevant. So it's fine. I don't right. Okay, I don't know why you're getting so upset. Because, Congressman, you, 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 you probably have better things to do, Congressman, than this silly little uh, law here. for uh, McCain, they were just the first. No, no, because it's silly. It is silly. It, it, it's silly. It, it's silly. The, the, the fact that it's very, very clear that the president has to be, you know, a natural-born citizen of the United States, that's a silly argument to him. Just, it's just, you know, stupid. Silly. It's silly. Are you losing sleep over this? Assalamu alaikum. You're absolutely right. Okay, when a Muslim greets another Muslim, they'll say assalamu alaikum. The other Muslim will say alaikum assalam. And I may be butchering that somewhat, but it's basically a greeting and a greeting back to you, okay, in a Muslim way of doing that. And that's how he greeted. He was at at the podium, and that's how he um, greeted everybody. Okay, let's go further. This is an interview he was doing. John McCain has not uh, talked about my Muslim faith. Any other? John McCain has not talked about my Muslim faith. How could this man be a supposed Christian and say my Muslim faith? He's absolutely openly admitting it. Okay, but again, that's all swept under the rug, and it's never talked about. Americans have. Muslims in their families, or have lived in a Muslim-majority country. I know because I am one of them. But my father came from a Kenyan family that includes generations of Muslims. As a boy, I spent several years in Indonesia, 
and heard the call of the azan at the break of dawn. But now, in the background, what you're not seeing is all these pictures of Barack Obama as a Muslim, a turban-wearing Muslim from his childhood, his family, group family pictures, and these types of things. I mean, he was brought up a Muslim. There is no doubt about that. He's absolutely, totally admitting this. And the Muslims like the mafia. You just don't leave. You know, normally the only way that, that you're supposed to leave as a Muslim is by dying. I mean, it's not something where you just, you know, go, now, maybe in America, but the reality is, and this is why they have all these honor killings and stuff, because if you've dishonored or done this or done something they perceive as dishonoring Allah, which would include trying to leave the Muslim religion, you should die, because now you're an infidel. You've crossed over to the dark side in their eyes. I've known Islam on three continents before coming to the region where it was first revealed. That experience guides my conviction. So that guides his conviction. That guides the way he sets policy. That guides the way he is a president. Okay, that, that's some scary stuff. In light of all of the things and all of the horrific atrocities we report on on a frequent basis regarding Islam. This is part of him. He's got... The, the demons that are associated with Islam indwelling his body. Okay, because when you're in that duff cult religion, don't think it's not, again, adopted demon time. He's got them, they're in him, they're guiding the way that he thinks and the way that he acts and the way that he sets policy. During faith of over a billion people is so much bigger than the narrow hatred of a few. That's why I'm committed to the, work. The narrow hatred of a few? You mean like the narrow hatred that is the very essence, the very core of Islam? Because the book, the Quran's very clear. Slay and kill the infidel. Behead those that, that are infidels, which is just a non-believer in Islam. Do not take the Jews and Christians for your friends. But slay them. Lie to them. Do whatever you have to do in order to advance Islam. And, and the, the, all of the all of the hatred and the extreme uh, malice that exists within that religion that's so apparent when when you know you see their bombings and you see the way they march in streets and you see their propaganda and there he's saying that it's the it's the exact opposite and this is why I've, I've done studies on the hypocrisy of the Islamic religion. It is the most hypocritical religion that I have ever seen exist on the planet. Now, I know you could argue that about others. It's just the extreme polar opposites of what they want. They say they're a religion of peace. And the reality is they're the absolute total polar opposite of what they say they are. And they do all these flagrant things. They kill people. They behead people. They stone people. They kill their wives. They do all these horrific things. They blow people up. And yet they have the audacity to say that they're a religion of peace. Working with American Muslims to ensure that they can fulfill Zakat. We are no longer a Christian nation. We're no longer a Christian nation. We're no longer a Christian nation. We are no longer a Christian nation. He did bow to the Muslim king.
king while he did not do it to the British Queen of England. And by bowing, he showed the world that I am subservient. I do owe, uh, bow down to you as a Muslim king, something no other uh, president has done with Saudi Arabia. Uh, the Saudi king is his peer. He is not his subordinate in order to bow for him. And this is exactly what Obama did. Usually it is out of respect that someone would nod his head when bowing to royalty and the ladies will give curtsy. But Obama went beyond what is required as a head of state and bowed to the Saudi king. Okay, so he, I mean, I'm talking, he bowed at the waist to the Saudi Arabian king. And it shows him doing it on the video. It's like, well, this Saudi king in his religion would be probably be at a much higher level than Barack Obama would be. And he's showing his subservience and his allegiance to this king. So now it says maybe this is why the new health care bill has exemptions for Muslims. Do you think it's appropriate to have the threat of jail time for those who refuse to buy insurance? You know, what I think... Now, let me just repeat that. He said, do you think it's, it's appropriate to have the threat of jail time for those who refuse to buy health care insurance? Because now we're going to bring it back to health care. Now, and he's interviewing Obama, and this is Obama's answer. I think is appropriate is that in the same way that everybody has to get auto insurance, and if you don't, you're subject to some penalty, that in this situation... And they bring up the point, you only need auto insurances if you choose to drive. ...have the ability to buy insurance, it's affordable, and you choose not to do so, forcing you and me and everybody else to subsidize you. There's nothing wrong with the penalty. The penalty's jail time, though. Yes, under the new health care law, you must buy insurance or you will be subject to fines or jail time. Never before has a law been passed where the government has forced citizens to purchase something from a private corporation. They should know. Does the president think jail time? Well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure that's the biggest question no, that you're asking right now. It's so the, uh, uh, I, I think I put out the principle uh, that penalties are appropriate for people who try to free ride the system and force others to pay for their health Unless you're Amish or Muslim, that is. And then I've also seen possibly Scientologists and some others. Let there be no doubt. Islam is a part of America. Okay. So, he says, let there be no doubt, Islam is a part of America. Now, let's work, look at the word dimultude. Dimultude is a Muslim system of controlling non-Muslim populations conquered through jihad. What is jihad? Holy war. You make holy war against the infidels. Okay, that is what the Quran commands Islam the followers of Islam, to do to infidels. So we are, by default, because America is primarily non-Muslim, they have declared jihad, holy war, primarily on Israel and America. Okay? Dimultude is the Muslim system of controlling non-Muslim populations conquered through jihad. Specifically, it is the taxing of non-Muslims in exchange for tolerating their presence and as a coercive means of converting conquered remnants to Islam. So they're just they're they're tolerating our presence because they view us as worse than scum. That's how Islam views you, just so you know. Okay? Because we're infidels, we're dogs in their eyes. Okay? Uh and 
this is the tax, the demultude, in exchange for tolerating our presence and as a coercive means of converting converted, conquered remnants to Islam. See, in other words, once demultude is imposed, they view they've already conquered you. The Obamacare bill is the establishment of Dimultut and Shahara Muslim Diktat in the United States. Muslims are specifically exempted from the government mandate to purchase insurance and also from the penalty tax for being uninsured. Islam considers insurance to be gambling, risk-taking, and usury, and thus it is banned. Muslims are specifically granted exemption based on this. It's just like the illegal aliens have all these Unbelievable rights, far beyond the average American citizen. It's the same thing now for the Muslims. Okay, it, it again, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, and reward evil for good and good for evil as well. Assalamu alaikum. So, this goes on to say, how convenient. So I, a Christian, will have crippling IRS liens placed against all of my assets, including real estate, cattle, and even accounts receivable, and will face hard prison time because I refuse to pay insurance or pay the penalty tax. (laughs) Meanwhile, Louis Farrakhan, a radical Muslim will have no such penalty and will have 100% of his health care needs paid for by the de facto government insurance. Non-Muslims will be paying a tax to subsidize Muslims. Period. This is demultude. And he's accusing us, the people that don't want to pay this, as being freeloaders? Because that's essentially what Barack Obama said. It's actually going to be the other way around. We're going to be subsidizing the illegal aliens and the Muslims. I also know civilization's debt to Islam. Civilization's debt to Islam. Our debt to Islam? Our debt to Islam. Can you believe he had the audacity to call that devil death cult religion that we have a debt to it? Our debt to them is to witness to them and to pray for them and hopefully those that can be saved would be saved. To say that we have a debt to them, like they've done us some wonderful good, they're nothing but a death cult religion. That's all they are. Straight from the pit of hell. I owe them nothing beyond what I just mentioned. Dimultude serves two purposes. It enriches the Muslim masters, and it serves to drive conversions to Islam. In this case, the incentive to convert to Islam will be taken up by those inner cities in the inner cities, as well as the godless generation X, Y, and Z types who have no moral anchor to begin with. If you don't believe in Christ to begin with, it is of no problem whatsoever to sell him for 30 pieces of silver. Sure, I'll be a Muslim if it means free health insurance and no taxes. Where do I sign up, brother? Is what it's saying here. If you've never heard of the word until now, I believe 
dimmel tubes, what they're in reference to. Type it into the Google and start reading. Pretty interesting. Note that Muslims and certain other religions are exempt from Obamacare penalties and it's supported by law. We are surrendering from within. The boy is leading us right down the path of, to total control. And they give you some links here you can go to as well. It says this is a holy war in Christianity. Is Obama a Muslim? No, he isn't. You, you are absolutely right that John McCain has not uh, talked about my Muslim faith. We are no longer a Christian nation. We do not consider ourselves a Christian nation. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and stop there. That They play a, a clip from the end of, I think, that's just shown Network. And the guy cusses at the end of it, so, you know, but he's basically... I think they're just trying to drive the point home regarding this. So I wanted you, I wanted you to hear that. I wanted you to understand the full scope of the evil that is Obama and how... This evil is so intertwined and interrelated, and such favors being showed to the Muslims. Uh, he's appointing, oppose, uh, appointing people in his cabinet that are Muslims. Um, he's giving them all type of favor with the health care, not only that, the illegal aliens. Anything that's, that's uh, evil, he is going to be for, because he is of his father, the devil, and of his lust, and of his works, Obama will do. Okay, I understand he's a puppet on a string, and his handlers are commissioning this. But he is the one that, that is being used to carry this out. And these are things that we should pray about regarding this. So, let's go back to the article. It's not just the federal government pushing these ex exceptions. It's also the church. Carol Matriciana has written extensively on Chrislam. And her series will be extended this week. The past week, the Memorial Drive Presbyterian Church in Houston, along with Christian communities in Atlanta, Seattle, Detroit, initiated a series of sermons that have been designed to produce an ecumenical reconciliation between Christianity and Islam. Yeah, you heard that right. In addition to the sermons, the Sunday school lessons centered on the inspired teachings of the Prophet Muhammad. Sunday school lessons in Christian church on the inspired teachings of that devil pedophile Muhammad, who married his first, uh, who married a girl at the age of six, Aisha, and bedded her at the age of nine, and that's according to their writings. He was a pedophile, just like so many of these other Muslims are. Wife beating, pedophilic. You name it, anything pretty much goes. I, I read you that thing about Khomeini, where he raped that little three-year-old girl, and she was screaming in the room the whole night while he was raping, and, and, and her dad's in the next room doing nothing. I mean, you talk about sickening. And yet, oh, they're, 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 they're holy men. They can do this. They, they grant him a temporary marriage, and that's exactly what they do. And then what, they divorce him in the morning? So you defile and vampirize and, and, and defile a little girl's innocence and then you can get a temporary divorce from her? You old sick devil? Yeah, but that's what they do. So don't think I'm going to sit back and just, you know, 
I'm going to expose this until I can't expose. I mean, the night cometh when no man can work, but I'm going to keep exposing it until I can't, until they either take me out of the picture or, or God shuts me up or something happens because this is insanity. So, in addition to sermons, the Sunday school lesson centered on the inspired teachings of the Prophet Muhammad. Qurans were placed in the pews next to the Bibles. Oh, if this doesn't make you want to tear your hair, I don't know what will. Qurans were placed in the pews next to the Bibles. As a matter of fact, a new term has been coined for the efforts between Christians and Jews. Christians, Jews, and Islam. Chrislam. I don't know why they'd say Jews, because I don't know how Jews were in there, because I don't see how they could possibly unite with Jews. But this was Memorial Drive Presbyterian Church in Houston. Anyway, please... Don't rush to join the first Chrislamic congregation, although one may turn up in your neighborhood any day. And this Islam's coming. I mean, they're 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 getting their centers all uh, going all over America. Matriciana reports on her website, quoting a prominent pastor, that more than half the country says they know not very much or nothing at all about the Islamic faith. The recent political developments and the fact that they were fighting two wars in Muslim countries should emphasize we need to know about these guys. Stalmith, but Stalmith, Stalsmith insists this prominent pastor, we want to find peace and reconciliation around a scriptural understanding of Jesus. And then this article goes on to say, well, hold on, Jesus is mentioned 25 times in the Quran. But belief in the divinity of Jesus is condemned in Islam as, quote, shirk, which means filth. So if you believe in the divinity of Jesus Christ, then that is considered in Islam shirk, which means the word filth in our language. That's what they think about Jesus Christ's divinity. They don't view him as the son of God, but anything but that. And their God is Allah, the moon God. So we're on a totally different playing field here. There is no peace and reconciliation around a scriptural understanding of Jesus Christ between Islam and the Bible. There is none. It is pure, rank blasphemy. 1 John 2.22 says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Well, they're liars. I mean, plain and simple, the Bible just indicts them right there. Another event that leads to such favoritism of the Islamic faith is the Yale Agreement of 2007, which produced a common word. It's quote, a, a common word, it's a document. It is viewed as one of the most important interfaith documents in the nearly half century. This led to the publication of Loving God and Neighbor Together. A Christian response to a common word between us and you. These backboneless, spineless, little worm devil pastors that would yoke up with this devil religion. I can't even imagine what hell is going to be like for them. I can't even imagine their ultimate punishment in the lake of fire. And I'm not saying that because I think I'm so holy and pure. I'm just telling you, they're leading their congregation straight to hell by yoking up with this garbage. And they've probably already done so many other things that, you know, that led up to this point. Lukewarm 
Laodicean Revelation 3 Christianity. Just as the Bible predicted that there's going to be a falling away and God is going to send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And then it goes on to say, sorry folks, that is just blatant propaganda. Find the Yale agreement here as well as many of the signers. So you can go to the Yale agreement and look at all the signers who, who signed up for it. While dialogue with the Muslims sounds like the Christian thing to do, it's just furthering the problems outlined earlier in this e-alert, such as granting them and very few others special favors and conditions. But whenever this dialogue is looked into, one learns that on the part of the Christians, there is no sharing of the gospel, or for that matter, any kind of biblical truth. In other words, it's totally, purely one-sided. I mean, don't you dare try to proselytize a Muslim. You know, they can come into your church, put Qurans in the pews, talk about uh, Muhammad in their Sunday school lessons, and try to uh, brainwash you into thinking that we're all worshiping the same God, and we're not. The only thing monotheistic about them is that they view Allah, the moon god, as their main deity. But it's still a pantheon, and it was from a long time ago. He's just, they say he's just greatest of the gods. And we're going to prove that very, very soon when we get to the next article here. Both sides say nice things about each other. Some Christian pastors then bring that into their pulpit because they are snowed into thinking that the Muslims really want to like us and work with us Christians. They will willingly work with any Christians they can fool. And again, that's part of the Quran. They're supposed to deceive the infidels. They're, they're, they're viewed as dogs. They're viewed as idiots, useful idiots. They are being, they're to be used. Okay? So, they will willingly work with any Christians they can fool, and these days there are more than there. There are more than there should be. Thus the birth of the Chrislam movement. Like Christianity and Islam, that's what that word comes from. The communists have such a term for such people who knowingly cooperate with their agenda. Useful idiots. We are not saying those who dialogue with Muslims and promote their agenda are idiots. Well, I don't know if I would go that far, but or if I would not say that, but what we are saying is that they are useful idiots is a term for those who are fooled and the thinking that progress is made by cooperating or yoking up with the enemy. What is far more profitable is sharing your Christian faith with a Muslim without yoking up with them. The number of Muslims in the Middle East converting to Christianity is astounding. Scripture is clear about uniting with unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 6.14-18 through 18 says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship, I mean, how much worse could you get if you invite them into your church and you bring their cursed, devil, uh, unholy book, the Quran, and sit it in your pews and then talk about the virtues of Muhammad, the pedophile? I mean, you talk about bringing a curse on yourself and on your church. You talk about strong delusion. Uh, so, what, and what communion have light with darkness? And what concord or agreement have Christ with Belial or the devil? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel. See, they call us an infidel, but they, in fact, are the infidels. Okay? They are the infidels. They preach uh, another gospel. Okay? Their gospel is the gospel of the, the Islamic faith of, of Allah, the moon god. And, you know, the only place Allah is going to get you is into the pit of hell. That's it. Okay? So it's another, it's a false gospel. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? They worship idols, right? For, for ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 
Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. We're supposed to come out from among these people and be separate. And if you're in a church like this that's doing all this lukewarm garbage, you better get out. Wherefore, come out from among her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her plagues, is the way the Bible refers to it in Revelation. Here it says it again here. Wherefore, come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Well, what if you don't come out from among them? Then he won't receive you. Then you're going to be chastened of God if you're a born-again Christian. Because why? Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. So if you could just sit in a lukewarm church all day, warm in a pew, the frozen chosen, little bro cream religion, little dabble do you, and you have no conviction about you're doing anything wrong, and nothing's even bothering you, then you're probably not even saved. Because of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. Because if he's your dad, if he's your father, then he can spank you. And he will spank you if you're his kid. But if, he's, if you're not his kid, then, you know, go your way. So, it's, it's kind of a spiritual self-check. And then it goes on to say, I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Finally, if you see a Quran next to a Bible in your church, flee as fast as you can. Your church has drunk the poison Kool-Aid. All sorts of, of um, compromises come next, including the praise of Islam as a religion of peace. And why can't we all just get along? So that was from Olive Tree Ministries, Inc. I also give you my three uh, three teachings, Islamic religion exposed, number one and number two, and then Israel, Islam, and World War III, how that all relates there. You know, they're a little bit older, but I would say the information is just as pertinent today as it was when I did the teachings. Now, I'm going to go ahead and break here, and we're going to go to part two next. We're going to look at Allah as the pagan moon god and prove that without a doubt that, that is the case. Uh, God bless you. If you would like to sign up for Scott Johnson's free Christian current events and health newsletters, please email him at drjohnson at ix.netcom.com. That's d-r-j-o-h-n-s-o-n at the letter i, the letter x, dot n-e-t-c-o-m dot com with the word subscribe in the subject line. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.